And now. And now, introducing the one, the only. Now let me introduce to you. Lively talk with successful people, barely filtered. This is the Jenna Ben Show. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the Jenna Ben Show. I'm your host, Jenna Benami, and here with us today is Joseph Terzi, the f- co-founder and CEO of Priv. How you doing? Good, Jenna. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you here today. Um, everyone knows Priv, especially being here in LA. Tell us about it, though. So Priv is a mobile app and website for um, bringing professionals, service providers to your home. We do blowouts, manicures, massage, makeup, nails, even ear piercing, um, on-site, on location, either to your home or your office. You sound really excited about this. Do you get any of these services done? Yeah, of course. I mean, I get all the services done, except <laughs> do for <you>? makeup. <laughs> except for makeup, so you do the manicures. And Do you find that men actually use the nail service ever? Yeah, men use the nail service, use the massage service, use the personal training. We have a pretty, for a female, for a predominantly female-facing brand, we have a pretty strong male constituency also. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Especially you know. for manicure. I mean, you know, men don't necessarily want to go to a salon to get their nails done, but a oh, lot of men want to get their nails done. Right. So it kind of takes the shame out of it yeah, a little a bit. Yeah. Okay. Hey, as a woman, I can tell you guys, I think that all men should get their nails done just, you know, to get rid of the dead skin and the cuticles and be nice and clean for their lady, right? I agree. I do it all the time. Because those hands are going places. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joseph, you're a dad of two and you live in WeHo, right? That's right. How old are your kids now? 12 and 9. So, Joseph and I actually met a few years ago and, and we lost touch. But then I thought about, I think I saw like Priv on Bravo or something. And I was like, Joseph, I got to reach out. I wonder what he's up to. And then he's over here kicking butt. And I might even have a few friends that are, um, I guess what you call pros, like they, um, they deliver your services, yeah, like service makeup providers, artists, yeah. service providers. Got it. Okay. So you have a pretty interesting story. You grew up in a entrepreneurial home and your dad, I mean, he started a business with $7,000. Yeah. So my father started like, I don't know, in his maybe late twenties, early thirties. He had a loan from his friend for $7,000. That's the story. Um, he grew that business. It was a sunglass business. He grew, he, you know, he got, he's one of the biggest providers in uh, Target and then Walmart. Wow. Um, now that business does all the children's licensing for sunglasses for Disney and Marvel. And it's like a 30 million plus revenue business. So That's I always amazing. think, I always joke about it. I mean, $7,000, like what could you even do with that? What could you do? Okay. But what year was this? Cause that's 7,000. Okay. So how much do you think 7,000 in the seventies would be today? Maybe like 50,000, but still. Yeah. I wish I could start Priv on 50,000. I know. <laughs> no, but you started Priv. Okay, we're going to get there because I want to actually talk about the evolution of your career. So your dad has that business, but then didn't you t- tell me something about real estate? Yes. Yeah, so after college, um, I got into real estate. It was the time. Mm-hmm. I was doing a lot of land development, condo conversion, some of that kind of stuff. With your dad, though? Service. No, with um, on my own. Oh, okay. Um, raised money, partners, investors, acquisitions. And then the big crash happened in 2008. Yeah. I was in Dallas. I was doing land development. It was like a, you know, significantly hit. I mean, specifically hit by that crash. Yeah. Um, so I kind of got out of that business quickly. Okay. And then how did you stumble across this business idea? Um, so after that, I was always had an interest in coding. That was my, what I re- always wanted to do. That was my background. So I started a small development house. We were doing a lot of Facebook games, mobile apps, a bunch of business software, a bunch of different stuff. And then I wanted to do my own idea uh, in the on-demand world. And my wife at the time, my ex-wife now, um, 
she was complaining about how her and the girls always wanted to get their nails done and there's always such a hassle. They were living in the city, yeah. right? She's in, they're, they're in school, they're in eight hour curriculum school and they want to get their haircuts and this and that. And I said, why don't we, why don't we do an on-demand service that does that? So that's kind of how I started thinking about it. And then I had the idea to do it, you know, to, to direct to the provider, this type of marketplace concept where both provider and consumer um, have get a get a voice, get a face to their to their experience. Yeah, uh, we put that together, and then I got you know from idea phase to initial seed round was like just a few weeks, and wow. we started coding and got it and got it off got it off the ground. That was in August 2013, and then we got it launched out of beta by by mid 2014. That is incredible. So, okay, so your first investment was five hundred thousand dollars. That's right. Who did you go to that was like, sure, I'll give you half a million dollars to invest in this idea that really didn't exist at the time, right? Yeah, no, we were we were one of the we were the first actually. Um, this was a friend of mine. He loved it. He was uh, in the in the finance world. Um, he had some disposable income, I guess. He was looking for something to do, so he 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 pledged the initial that initial round. Do you want to give him a shout out? Yeah, this is Morris Sutton. He's out. He might be in Africa right now. He's Sutton. Di- you can he's, tell he's from the East Coast. Yeah, guys. he's from the East Coast. <laughs> Um, he's now now in Africa. He's doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Nobody knows. <laughs> with animals or what? No, with I don't even know. Yeah, no. Nobody really knows. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to go for the animals. So okay, so when he gave you five hundred thousand dollars to start a business, were you like, did you have any doubts in your mind? Were you, did you have a moment where you were like, oh shit, what if this fails? Yeah, I mean, I in in. As a startup founder, CEO, you're always having those moments. Yeah, like, like every day, 17 every times, day, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you go through it, you understand the risks. He understood the risk. I understand the risk. Yeah. Um, I always have a great deal of confidence in myself. So clearly. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding because I've known him. <laughs> so yeah. I know that I was going to do the best job that I can do. And it was not, if it was going to fail, it's not going to be because I didn't put in the effort. So that kind of keeps you going in this type of world, in that type of world. Okay, so walk us through the evolution because a lot of our listeners are really interested in learning about how to start a business of their own. So where did you begin once you got this $500,000? So that's a good question. So maybe my path might be a little bit uneven, but I can tell you from my, some of my mistakes where, yeah. where I should have begun. So with concept like this, I mean, very important early on to have your designs in place, right? So what, what your product's gonna look like as far as your app, your web, um, I think that's the, the the biggest key. A lot of people think, let's just start coding, let's start developing things, mm-hmm. and let's see what it looks like, you know what it looks like and where where to go. But a properly well thought out UX um, designed web and mobile experience is, is key for the uh, as a first step. Okay. And then I wouldn't even start coding anything until you know you had your business plan set up and you had a, a, a decent source of funding that you were going to go for to to begin with. Unless so, you're a developer yourself, which is what I, which what I was, so that's why it would work with me. But right. otherwise, you can start spending money on developers. You can go down a rabbit hole and come out with not, you know, not anything that looks like your product on the other end. So, if you want to start an app, the first thing you need to do is map out what it's going to look like. When you say design, you're talking about like it's going to have, um, I don't know, five pages or whatever, and then um, it's going to use these colors, and we're going to have these graphics and these links. Like yeah. have everything thought out. I was specifically referring to a you know user experience design. Uh-huh. Um, if you can have that type of stuff, great. If you get your brand guide um, done at the same time, and if you have that, if that's like kind of your background, like your passion, you can do that too. Mm-hmm. That'll be excellent, also. But to definitely know what the user experience is going to look like. I mean, that's the key. And we've been 
you know, fighting that battle uphill yeah. forever. Like what, what's the best possible user experience that you could have? Um, and we continue to, and it's, 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 yeah. you know, it's a, definitely a bit of a challenge. And it's ever changing, right? Yeah. Because it's a, it's a People feedback. Evolve. It's also a feedback loop, right? You, you yeah. think something might, you know, you, you think something might be the right user experience and then your customers or your, whoever they are, mm -hmm. they give you the feed, you know, that con that constant feedback loop is what you need to be always thinking about. Okay. So after design, then what? Then start thinking about the business model, obviously perfecting that. Um, Having some kind of funding in place, obviously, uh -huh. is key. Um, your brand guide, like we talked about before, that's also key. Having your brand, your logo, your colors, the things that you were talking about, mm -hmm. have that in place. Um, and then what kind of business are we talking about? Are we talking about specifically a startup? Yeah. So these are these are all the key items that I always, that I think that I always recommend people to do. Have all your have all your designs set up before you even start raising money. Before you start building anything before you start hiring anybody. Yes. Have your have your look, your feel, your voice, your user experience designed. Um, that's and that's something you can do, you know, relatively inexpensively. It's still a big cost depending upon what skills that you might may have. Yeah. But that's something you can do while you're working somewhere else, while you're trying to, you know, get your life together, whatever. And, yeah. And, and and it shows. And then when you're ready to put investment deck together, you have all those things, those assets to be able to build on. I feel like that's a really good point. I feel like a lot of people, when they think about creating an app, they build their team first. Yeah. So they have a concept, right? And don't you agree? Mm -hmm. I feel like the first step I see is building the team and then uh, maybe they have the money and then they build the team before anything's built out. But running a lean model is how you end up getting more money in the in from investors, right? When they see that you have your shit together, would yeah. you say? Yeah, for sure. I mean. The, the whole idea is to know as much as you can, as much information as you can before you start building anything, whether mm -hmm. it's a team, whether it's, you know, whether it's HR, whether it's uh, your website, your application. If you the more you have designed, the better off you're going to be in the long run in this in this in the relative short term. Right. Right. So the first 18 months. And with any app or any business, the goal is to be the solution to a problem. Yeah. Right. So that's a, that's a good point. Knowing exactly the problem that you're that you're, you're trying to solve. Yeah, I mean, and your problem is, you know, you're solving, uh, you're making people more attractive. I mean, that's <laughs> that's my goal in life. You're you know? in the best market for that. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll use you guys. I don't know. <laughs> sure, anytime. Um, okay, so you were the first to come to market with this idea, right? So, yeah, I mean, we were the first to start developing and then and then another competitor came in just right about the same time and they launched the same, like within a month of us. Um, this isn't the one that you merged with? No. Okay, we'll get into that in a sec, but sure. okay. And are they still around, your competitor? Yeah. Okay, but how are you guys like on, how are you guys like, are you head to head? Are you like, is, are they still a valid competitor? Yeah, so they're, they're, they're pretty big in the space. We do a lot more services. We're in a lot more markets. It's a little bit of a different business model as far as, you know, you can you can select your provider with us. You could you could you have that. We we, we work hard to foster that relationship between mm -hmm. the client and the provider, um, which is great for our providers relative to other competitors, which don't do that, which kind of hide their 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 talent behind their app, like an oh. sort of commoditized so, Uber model. So we bring them. We bring you know pro profile pictures, bios, portfolios, reviews, 
Yeah. You know, for the for the client to to discover. So I know who I'm getting. I know that I'm getting like Mary Jo, who's going to come and do my hair, and then this is her resume. This is how long she's been in the industry. That kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And then and then the direct communication line going forward from there through in-app messaging and phone call. How do you deal with your um, service providers not taking your customers privately? I mean, it's like the same problem with personal training at traditional gyms and stuff. So how do you work around that? Right. So, I mean, the idea is to continue to, to build the best products and tools and service for our providers so that they won't want to do that. Right. So, you know, we, so we have a, a provider app, a, a provider engagement letters, provider newsletters, tips, mm -hmm. whatever we can do in order for them to feel like they're our customer too. Right. So they won't want to do that, right? Yeah. They don't, have an, they don't have any reason to do it because then, as long as then they'll, for, for one, if they get caught, they'll cease getting that continuous yeah. revenue stream and new, new clients. But even without that, the idea is we want them to feel that Priv is thinking about them and, and working towards getting them the best that they could have in order for their business to succeed. Yeah, totally. I mean, you're, you're essentially employing you're so many people. So yeah. Priv um, services 500,000 users and 30,000 pros. 30,000 pros total. I mean, it's about 3,500 who are active of the providers, yeah. Okay. Wow. But our professional network is as high as 30,000 that we're talking to on a daily basis. I mean, that's incredible. Yes. That's like, think about how many jobs you're providing people. That's, that's how right. does that feel? It feels good. I mean, um, you know, I've always gotten great feedback from our providers, birthday cards, letters, thanking me for, for, for making this for them. Most recently, somebody did that. For, they, they, I actually hired them for hired somebody for my daughter's birthday. Yeah. Uh, her last birthday, and she gave us a card, you know, thanking me for inventing mm -hmm. this. Was pretty touching. That's so sweet. <laughs> you should have like a testimonial page from your service providers. Yeah, we have. Yeah, I can't think of anything for this guy, guys. Like he's already <laughs> he's done it all. So and Priv is in thirty two markets. And and you know before we started recording, we were talking about the flexibility and how you guys really work with people. Sounds like great customer service. Yeah, so we have a pretty um, pretty robust customer service program. We have when we merged with Beglam, we should talk about that. Yeah. Um, Beglam brought a very high touch customer experience where Priv was more focused on a sort of an automated experience to get for okay. scalability reasons. Yeah. And we, kind of, we put those two concepts together in a really clever way. Um, and that's working out excellently. So you still have that high touch feel that you might get in a salon, in a traditional salon or with the gland prior. And yet we have this sort of scalable um, calls and call ability, chat ability for the provider to, for the customers and the providers to have on a 24 seven basis. Yeah, that's great. So, um, what trends are you seeing in the business right now? So, in the makeup, in the beauty business specific, or? Yeah, like, I, I mean, I'm sure you see the analytics of what's being ordered the most. Is it is it hair and makeup, or, or hair or makeup, or is it nails or massages, or I know there's like a whole health aspect to what you guys are doing too. Yeah, so hair and makeup still oh, have always been the, the most requested service. And I think they will continue to be, and right? they will continue to be, yeah. yeah. And we continue to add on things. We just added ear piercing in LA. No way. Which is really cool, right? You, see, you can yeah. have somebody come. We've partnered up with StudX, which is the largest provider of ear piercing. They do all the ear piercing at Claire's and Pagoda. Oh, okay. Pagoda piercings and all that stuff. So we, we work with them and you can go to the house and get your get your ear pierced for your child or whatever. So that's kind of cool. We're continuously adding services, but if the bread and butter still remains hair, makeup, and the nails. 
I wonder, are like um, like twelve year olds having ear piercing parties? Yeah, so that's kind of the thing that we're pushing. We really we just launched it like a few weeks ago. That's pretty cool. I, you'll have to let me know how that plays out because I'm like, I wonder if any parents anymore in this day and age with like you know kids uh, getting intimate at age 12 and like getting tattoos so early. I wonder if any parents would object to having their kids ear pierced at like at a party. Well, we're having adult ear, uh, ear piercing parties. Oh, yeah. oh, that's a big trend. Like all kind, like anywhere. Yes. Yeah, so in, in <laughs> the, the last one that I know of, we did in a, in a high end jewelry store. In New York. That we no, but I mean anywhere on the body. Oh, anywhere on the body. No, it's the ears. <laughs> Just the ears. Okay. <laughs> I think you meant anywhere in the, yeah. in the space. Okay. So it's been six years since you started your business and you're all over Bravo, I've seen. And that's actually what made me reach out to you. I'm like, oh, I got to say hi to Joseph because I saw, um, you know, I think makeup being brought in. And and so you have these partnerships with with some of the like the biggest brands out there. Tell us about those brands. Yeah, so we had a really successful partnership with NBC Universal mm -hmm. and Bravo and their assets, Bravo and E. Um, for about a year, we were on ev almost every single show on the Real Housewives, yeah. Kardashians. Oh my God, I saw you everywhere. Summer Home, all those shows. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of those shows, so yeah. I don't know them exactly. <laughs> but um, Priv was embedded in the content, and then we had a promotional spot. This kind of started because a lot of the early adopters of Priv were the Real Housewives. Interesting. So that's kind of how the, that relationship started. And then they love the business. Um, so then they thought it was great. It would be great for the content itself. Mm. So it kind of took off from there. And would you say that the Real Housewives are still using Priv or? Of course, some yeah. of the biggest clients. Interesting. And they get the same rates that everyone else gets. Of course. Wow. Okay. Shout out to the Real Housewives. <laughs> okay. So, um, Tell us, so your merger with Be Glammed, so it's essentially the same app, but like you were saying, it is um, a little bit elevated. So you're combining, you're able to sort of elevate the experience for the clients. Um, that's a good way to look at it. It was, it was the synergies there were easily recognizable from the beginning. Yeah. They kind of had um, a very good provider network, a very good customer service, like I mentioned, that a good feeling, a good feel on that. And, and, and also a very strong business model. And they were in the in the larger they were in the the wider markets so that we sort of took over, um, but and Priv had the technology and the and the the brand and, and and that aspect of it and the combination of the two has been amazing so far. So when you say merger, you didn't buy them out. It wasn't an acquisition. So they're still involved in the business. You basically just expanded the team. So we we merged the team. We merged the customer base. We merged the provider base. We merged uh -huh. the technology. So how do you like divvy up uh, who does what? I mean, because I'm sure I'm That's sure what they I do. <laughs> <laughs> OK, but I'm sure they had a CEO, too. They had a CEO. Um, so actually, their CEO resi resigned about a year ago. Mm -hmm. And then they had some back and forth in their um, in their organization as to who was going to be the successor. Yeah. So it came at a perfect time while that kind of conversation was. happening. Oh, well, lucky you. <laughs> that is amazing. Um, OK, I want to make a toast to us reconnecting and um, the success of your business, Priv. And I actually am downloading the app today and I'm gonna start using it. Cheers. Cheers, thank you. So we are drinking Azunia tequila and this is the black, which is aged in whiskey barrels. So you Very taste nice. it, it's like a yeah. little bit sweet. Yeah, yeah, they converted me into a tequila drinker. Love my fam, shout out to before? Azunia. Tito's. Tito's? I still like my vodka, but if I'm going to have tequila, it's always Azunia. And um, everyone who tries it loves it, you know? It's delicious. Yeah. 
Okay, so tell us about your first job ever. I know you were like super entrepreneurial. Did you start when you were like seven? So I don't think I've ever worked for anybody. I was thinking about that <laughs> recently. <laughs> I had an internship in college, but it didn't last very long. Um, but I was always, I always had, you know, the idea to work for myself without uh, answering to anybody. That's incredible. So this kind of contradicts my theory on if I were to have kids, I would want them to go and intern a bunch, you know, and um, I care less about college. I would still want them to get a bachelor's degree just because I feel that it teaches you discipline mm -hmm. at an age where you need to learn it. Um, but I think that internships are more valuable than a college degree these days because then you get real life experience and then you also build the relationships. And we're seeing that relationships plus emotional intelligence, I think, are like is everything these days. A lot of people talking about emotional intelligence being a key factor for yeah. leadership. Um, that's for sure. I think I think some time in a big corporation is good for everybody, whether it be just a few months to sort of see how that works and how and how an organization is built. Yeah. Because I kind of learned that on the go. Yeah, I was about to say, how did you build this company? You, you haven't seen shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen a lot, you know, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think I think I think you're right with that. I think getting getting sort of the startup experience, maybe a big corporation, getting seeing how kind of everything works for a year is a good yeah. is a good experience for for young people. Um, college for sure. Though. I'm a big advocate of college. You are. Yeah. Why? It's just a great time to learn about yourself, to learn, to think about other things. I'm not an advocate of going to, you know, going to college to learn necessarily a trade, but mm. going to to have your mind expanded into different thoughts, different things. I've studied philosophy. You know, mm. um, you look at some big successful people like Steve Jobs. He studied calligraphy. You know, th this is the type of yeah. <laughs> these are the type of th subjects that open up your mind to thinking differently and thinking um, uh, creatively and and you know. Yeah. Interesting. So, okay. So you have two kids, um, boy and a girl, two girls, two girls. Ooh, you got your work cut out for yes. you. <laughs> uh, okay. So what do you and want I them? I work in a business of women. So yeah, you're so, so I would imagine you make a really good boyfriend. Cause if you haven't figured it out by now, I think I've got it down. You got it down. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, what do you want your daughters to study in college? If you could choose. That's a good question. Um, I don't know. They're not so. They're not so interested in school. I'm having a difficult time getting. Yeah. Um, I'd love for I'd love for them to study science or math. Yeah. Right, because that's kind of what I wanted to do, but didn't. You wanted to study science or math. Yeah, I mean, study like become <laughs> like a physicist or a mathematician. That's amazing. Stay yeah. in academics for life. Uh, do research. That would be amazing if that was something that they'd be interested in doing. Wow. My oldest daughter is a competitive gymnast, so she plans on doing that through college. Okay, amazing. Um, seeing where that's going to go. She's having a back injury now, so we're trying to figure out yeah. what she should do. The direction, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they get worked hard, and some of those injuries last for life. You yeah, know? No, so it's, it's kind of a toss-up. It's a brutal, brutal world, that USAG. Yeah, and then um, is there any body shaming going on? I mean, uh, stereotypically, you know, we hear about gymnasts having to be very skinny and right, or no? So the gym that they go to, I think, is pretty weird. Like, they're, they're at the forefront of some of those ideas. Okay. Um, as far as keeping the girls happy and welcome, feeling warm and welcome and stuff like okay. that. Okay, and, and healthy mentally too. Yes. Okay, well that's good. Um, what's your favorite junk food? My favorite junk food? Yeah. Um, I don't know, I eat tons of junk food. Do you? I don't even know where to start. You guys, he's pretty fit, this one. <laughs> I mean, I wish we all had your metabolism. I had to scale back a little bit recently. 
Um, I love candy, sours, you know, sour, chewy, sour, sour patch kids, that kind of stuff. Chewy, sour, exactly. Do you, so do you alternate between um, sour and, or uh, I should say sweet and salty? As far as candy? In just in terms of junk food. Like some people are like, no, I just have a sweet tooth. I don't care for chips. No, and then I others eat everything. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like it could just be this vicious cycle. Yeah. Um, I had okay, so I ask everyone this question, and I had one guest. Um, shout out to Chris McCain. He's like uh, Funyuns, and Funyuns? he's yeah. And I, I, I thought that was so random. Yeah. That was more like high school, right? And then like getting hot wasted Cheetos. in high school. And yeah, eating fun, going to Seven Eleven run and eating Funyuns. Yeah, <laughs> and then. Um, uh, fighter AJ McKee said Snickers. And then we talked about how um, we both eat our Snickers the same way, which is kind of like a serial killer, I think, where you eat the nougat first and you kind of like take your teeth to scrape it off, right? That and is then it's a little right. creepy ish. <laughs> I do the same thing with my Reese's pieces, though. Like I eat the outer border of the chocolate first. Well, I can see that. Because I just want to get rid of like, I want to save the good part for last. Interesting. Yeah. There's right. a lot about you. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> um, okay. So to what do you attribute your success? I think it's incredible that you've never worked a job and then you built this booming business and you continue to grow. So like, where does that come from? Hmm. I don't consider myself a success, by the way. How? I think, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think success is a state of mind. Well, I should say in the opposite, right? Success is a state of mind. Yeah. Um, and that's really what people need to know. And I think in anything that they do. So you could look at what you're doing as a success or you can look at it as a failure and that's what makes a success or a failure. So that men- that mentality that that kept me going through most of this um, because it's a seesaw battle. I mean, it's sure. crazy. It's a roller coaster, especially doing a startup. Um, so not giving up, keeping that mentality, keeping that level of faith. Um, one thing that I learned was stress happens pretty quickly, but that's the opposite of faith. Like stress and faith are inversely related. So um, some kind of faith, whether it's in a religion, whether it's in yourself, whether it's in society or humanity or whatever it is, keeps keeps you realizing that what you're doing has a meaning, has a purpose. Mm. That's also was a, a very beneficial outlook that was able for, for me, able to raise children by myself and start yeah. a business. Wow, okay, can we quote you on that? Please. Yeah, we're at, we're assembling some great quotes um, from our awesome guests over here at Dash, and I think that's awesome. So, stress is the opposite of faith, and they can't coexist. So, essentially, when you're in a jam, you say to yourself, and you're feeling it, right? You're having that physiological reaction, and you can't think because it tends to block your thought process, right? And then you say to yourself, "What?" Or do you pray? Or like, what happens in that moment? So, I think it's it, that's particular to you know, that particular, that person's religious or spiritual or, you know, rationalistic outlook. Mm-hmm. Um, you say, nothing's happening to me that, you, you have to say sort of like, this is what's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, things will work in the way that they're supposed to work. Yeah. Um, I think the, I think religions, if you are a religious person, I think that's going to be the easiest way to do it. Pray, meditate, think about, you know, think about what, how, how, you know, the Supreme Being has a plan for you and plan right. for your for what you're doing. And the idea is with stress and phase, what I mean by that is stress is the idea that things are happening to you and you're in complete control of those uh, of battling those entities or battling those things that are happening to you. And faith is the idea of you're not fully in control, right? Mm. There is something else which is in control 
um, of what your of what your your destiny, what you're supposed to be doing in life. So yeah. so when you when you realize that, then you say to yourself, well, what am I being stressful for? This is what's supposed to be happening. Mm, so it's like I can totally see that. So if there's it's almost like being an assistant to the owner of a company versus being the owner. Because when you're the assistant, you still have someone to lean on and guide you. But when you're the owner, you're kind of like on your own, right? Yeah. And so, but you as the owner, you're you're looking at it like God is guiding you. That's right. I and think that's a good analogy. Yeah. And when you take the pressure out of being this um, like, all powerful in control being um then i think that that's when you're able to focus on the task at hand that's great that's yeah that's exactly right, right. yeah but you have to it's so hard to trust that everything's going to work out the way it's supposed to especially when you want it to work out a certain way right well what happens is when you go through this multiple times you realize wait i went through this last time right things worked out until now and now you know it, it seems to is then you realize, wait, what was I so stressed for last time? And then why do I need to continue to be yeah. stressed? It'll so you learn to have faith. I mean, guys, this is like equally important to learn in addition to how to build a business, right? Because it's how to ma manage your emotions and expectations um, so that you can endure the entire race, which is never ending, right? That's right. And when you're, when you're a founder or CEO, you have to manage that because you're projecting that to everybody else on your team too. Right. So that's the other key. Um, so it's that's another thing to think about. Yeah, as tell far us. As emotional intelligence. Uh -huh. um, that's what a lot of people talk about. So, the what you're manifesting in the office or in the workplace, how you your tone, your 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 look, everything is is so essential to what the team is gonna manifest and how the team is gonna think about your vision and et cetera. So keeping that under control, being consci consciously keeping it under control because you don't mm -hmm. think about it, right? You just think. A lot of people just do whatever they want to do. Yeah. But you have to come to the come to the workplace with a sense of, um, you know, with a sense of, oh, people are looking at me, right? Mm -hmm. my I team am a role is, model. Yeah, my team is looking to me for my vision and for how I'm, and just, you know, how my body language, my tone and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, you can't be in a bad mood. No, you can't. You cannot. There is so much pressure. It's, I think everyone thinks like, oh, the boss gets to do whatever they want, but... The boss is really like the person that serves everyone. Yeah. If you think about it, just in a different way. No, it's true. Your mood is vital for the mood of the entire company. So I worked for this one um, personal injury attorney a million years ago. I was probably like 17 or 18. and well, That must have been fun. <laughs> I can tell you I was terrified of him. Um, it's funny because he has commercials on TV now. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> bringing me back. Right. But I love those commercials. So cheesy. I won't say who. But he um, he used to kick boxes like bankers boxes full of records when he was upset. He'd kick them and he'd slam the door. And I just remember being terrified. And I'm like, you know, young and impressionable. And I'm like, is this? This is not making me feel good or motivated to be here. He would just kick boxes? Well, when he would, would get upset. Yeah. And he'd, he'd yell and slam doors and, you know. And then I started thinking about um, just over the years and working in operations, you know, you think about how do you create the right environment for employee retention, you know, yeah. and happiness. And, and so do you have, like, do you have a department or a person on your team that, like, this is their focus? Or is it just kind of embedded? Like, what's your onboarding process like? I don't. Um, I had some HR at some point yeah. in, in the history of Briv, but 
it's not something that I've invested in, which I think is a mistake. Um, there is one person in my organization yeah. who's been with me for a long time who I think about who and she wants to sort of go in that direction of HR and she would be great at it. Yeah. Um, it's not something she studied or has experience in, but she does have a good outlook. So we are talking about her kind of taking that over. And I think that's important. I think that's key. Um, one thing that you just said about anger, though, is something also that I live by. Mm. Anger is something that I think, and this comes from my Jewish background, yeah. that is, is, is never to be allowed, right? You're never supposed to feel anger. Is that, I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm Jewish as well, but you're more well-versed than I am. Tell us. That's a Jewish idea. Yeah. That, uh, you're never uh, supposed to feel anger. Um, an elevated person should never feel the emotion of anger. It's always evil. And it was Moses's sin at the wow. rock. Yeah, okay. So, so, so it takes a tremendous amount of self-control and, you know, you get angry, things can trigger you, but to, to realize that things will work out also is something you, you got to calm yourself and not get angry. So that guy kicking his box, I can understand yeah. how, how uh, poisonous that is. Because it's a poisonous emotion. It just gets everybody crazy. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I mean, I could talk about um, like the office dynamic forever because I've spent <laughs> most of my professional career trying to perfect this. But um, I want to know what was your lowest low, you know, as, as you progressed on this journey with Priv? So in business or in personal? Well, give us both. Let's, let's do the personal. <laughs> okay. So I got divorced during during my priv sojourn yeah um and my wife went my ex-wife went after me like she, she went after you <laughs> she went after me um one time i came back with the kids she showed up with police it was it was it was wild Aww. that was really the lowest of the low um was this before or after we met because i this remember was before this was before okay then we went to I, court yeah then we went we battled it out in court which i won um <laughs> <laughs> which i won because i remember you tell like when we met you were telling me a little bit about like i just remember you being super generous with her yeah yeah i mean i was always super generous with her it didn't matter yeah um you know hell hath no vengeance as a right. <laughs> woman scorned um so uh, hell hath no fury as a woman mm -hmm. scorned um but that experience actually was 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 transformative. Some of the things that I've talked about, stress and anger, that all came out of that time. You learned. Yeah. Um, and then in business, you know, it's peaks and valleys. I can't even think about when the low of the low. It's, it's one day you're you're on top of the world. Next day you're going out of business. Next day you're back on top of the world. And, and I had this conversation with the one of the founders of Revolve, uh -huh. and he told me he went through that for 13 years before wow. Revolve became anything. What? Just to put that in perspective, yeah, for 13 years he had this roller coaster, and he put any any and he never and he, gave up, and he never gave up, and he pushed through and he pulled through, and now they're now they're doing amazing. That is incredible. I can't imagine investing 13 years. I can't even imagine investing. Actually, that's a question I want to ask you. How long should someone commit to a business idea before jumping ship? That's a that's a question. I don't know. Like, I don't even know if I can answer that. Um, I do think that as long as you don't give up, there's always a chance. So yeah, but if you're dumping money and you're and you're <clears throat> think about your quality of life. I mean, this person, it's, I, I sounds like a very interesting story, but their quality of life for 13 years, they were probably just getting by. So to just get by for 13 years to me seems like a waste. Yeah, you mean financially? I don't know if they were just getting by financially. I mean, yeah. they could have, they've had. I'm sure they had investment. investment I'm sure they were able yeah. to take salary and stuff like that. But, I, but emotionally, just getting by <laughs> is tough, right? Hanging on. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what you have to. That's. I think that's. I think that's everything. I think that's the the journey. That's the hero journey. 
So it's up to the individual is what you're saying. It's up to the individual to be able to, to weather all those, those obstacles, yeah. those emotional obstacles. And that's, and that's similar to the divorce. I mean, it's controlling your emotional, the ins and outs. You're going to get hit with crazy things. You're going to yeah. get hit with, with uh, subpoenas. You're going to hit with, you know, horrible comments from somebody to spend 10 years with. You're going to yeah. get, you know, things, there's a tremendous amount at stake. There's children, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but what you can control and what you do, what you must control is your emotional reaction to all of that, both internally right. and what you're projecting. Well, out. that's the hard part, right? I think it's easier to control what you put out. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. But then to control, like, the, I, sometimes I just think it's like a volcano on the inside, yeah. right? And you're like, no, <laughs> go dormant. <laughs> you know, so you can't, it's, so what's your process? How do you control your emotions? Oh. Is it, um, does it just go back to God? No, it goes back to breathing. It goes back to, um, I've picked, I had some bad habits. One particularly bad habit in LA was just, uh, was vaping, sitting, no. laying on the couch, <laughs> watching The Office, and and uh, you know I love The Office, and 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 eating junk food like for I realized I was doing that. I was like, oh wait, this is not a good thing. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean exercise is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I was swimming. I thought that was a really good. Yeah. Good outlet. Um, like I said, breathing, meditating, praying. Okay, so in the back of your mind weren't you constantly telling yourself, well, I could always do this instead? Or weren't you like always on the lookout for other opportunities just in case? Not really. Um, I don't like when you're, when you're thinking out of what you're doing, Yeah. that manifests. So you can't, so you can't be interviewing somewhere else or thinking about doing something else. Otherwise that'll manifest in your work and it manifests your team and everything. Interesting. Um, It's important to have good partners, good investors. That's really important. People you you can rely on. You can keep you leveled, good team. Good team members um that's always always a help yeah. go through but it's also important to when you are at the low or where you're in a, in a, in a rut to remember that things are going to take a minute to just correct themselves right and so be patient be patient you know nothing's going to change overnight take you know take a deep breath do one thing at a time focus recenter mm-hmm. and are you a patient man i think so you seem like it. Oh, <laughs> I, have two, I, I have two daughters. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then you, yeah, I guess being a parent does make you more patient. Yeah. How do you spend your days? Do you like, are you the guy that's in the office all the time? Are you out and about? Are you traveling? Do you have to travel for Priv? I travel a lot. Um, I spend a lot of time in the office. I code a lot still. Oh, you do? Yeah. Wait, you handle the coding for your app? Not all of it, but still a good portion of it. As but you, as- you have a team that does that? Yes. Like how many people? Now it's only two, uh-huh. but it's been as high as six, from two to six. Sam, they're probably like, okay, my job is to code, and then I have the CEO coming in here, <laughs> like doing my job. <laughs> and I and I do that often. Um, there's still a tremendous amount that you could do coding, even if you're not coding the application or coding the the web or anything like that. There's mm. there's there's always ways of automating people's workflow. That's what I like to do. Um, mm, smart. I, yeah, I like to. I like to when I'm wind like just unwinding, sort of work on a problem that could affect, could help somehow, either any of the departments. So when you're taking a break from work, you like to do more work. Yes. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> so could you hack if you wanted to? Like, do you have that skill set? I do to some extent. Interesting. I have some pretty good hacks in my <laughs> life. I won't talk about. Yeah, no, <laughs> we'll talk about that over some Azunia tequila a little later. <laughs> Um, okay, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Oh, I, I don't think 
10 days out more than 10 really years, more than 10 years yeah. so you're not a planner because there's there's um like a school of thought that you should set a goal and then work towards it but if you don't set that goal how do you know where you're headed so what do you think so i do that with work um i don't necessarily do that with life okay so what about with work so with work um as far as the company as far as priv yeah um we know we have a revenue goal that we want to hit. We have a market goal. The the Glam merger that was a that was a good example of what you're talking about. Yeah. I actually actually keyed them out in about a year prior to the merger as the company that I wanted to merge with. Oh, okay. So um, you approached them. Yeah. Cool. I approached them in around February. They loved the idea immediately, um, but I saw that as a, as as the right fit, in, like from August of the year of 2018. But there were some things that needed to, that I needed to work on first for Priv before. Doing that approach, yeah. Um, but that was that was a goal set. Merge with this company, expand to the rest of the country. Um, that was that was from start to finish, from May to May, actually one year. Okay. Um, so I do that. It's more like micro goals. Um, and then as far as macro goals, you know, the goal is to have a major exit one day. Okay. And then what? <laughs> Buy your own island? Yeah. Well, amongst other things. Okay. All right. Very cool. Okay, guys, we actually, um, so funny, uh, some guys from the Priv team that I've been communicating with just showed up at the studio, and I thought it'd be cool to bring them on. Say hello, introduce yourselves. Hello, Jenna. Uh, we absolutely love you. My name's James. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. My name's Scott. Okay, full names, guys. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, James Bradisich, and I work on the Priv team with Scott and Joseph, um, and I'm the VP of Marketing and Business Development for the company. Yes, and you and I were first, first put on an email by Joseph, and we kind of like fell in love right away. You're so sweet and so professional, and I'm like, I can't wait to meet you in person. I'm glad you showed up. Oh, well, thank you. We appreciate that. I'm, I mean, we're loving this space. It's absolutely beautiful. It's cute, right? Yeah. So Dash is actually designing a new studio um, over in the old Antenna building on Hollywood Boulevard. But um, this is one of the satellite studios. And then their main is is ongoing a bit. I wanted to give you guys a star experience since I know you work with the dream, right? We do. We yeah. do. We work with the dream. Um, actually, we were just on the rooftop at the highlight yeah. room. <laughs> we were grabbing a, a quick drink. And now we're down here. It was so much fun. Um, and we do work with the dream. So we have a strategic partnership with them. And um, anytime that they need hair or makeup or nails or any sort of beauty or wellness service, um, we'll send one of our pros directly to the room. Amazing. Yeah. What about we had, you? Yeah, we had them at our merger party as well. It was amazing. We did it at the guest house suite. Um, if I could stay there myself, I would stay there every single night. Oh, my God. Absolutely amazing. But yeah, so my name is Scott Dennis. Um, I am the assistant marketing manager at the Priv team. Um, previously, I was at Be Glammed. Um, prior to this, I was at the I worked in the influencer marketing team at OPI. Okay. So love nail polish. Wait, nails all the time. I know um, Robbie. Uh, God, he's friends with my buddy Chad. I met, actually went on a date with him a million years ago when, <laughs> when his family still owned OPI. Oh, really? That's amazing. Yeah. So funny. Yeah, okay. I haven't had the chance of meeting him because I mean OPI is huge. It has a million people. That yeah. Work there. Yeah. No, and he didn't work. Okay. No, he just, owned it. he just owned it and lived a very comfortable life. The dream. So, so Joseph, what do you think of these guys? Um, yeah. So as you can see, this is part of the success of the merger, right? Yeah. So James and Scott both came from the glam previously. Um, they're amazing. I feel like I've been working with them my whole life. They're part of my executive. James is part of my executive team. Yeah. Um, Scott's incredible. It's his first job out of college. He's way beyond his years. Um, and yeah, they're amazing. They're great. What an they're incredible great. experience for everyone. And I could tell like, 
you guys were here when we did the photos and you, you just have this very familial vibe. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah. We like to call ourselves the Priv family. Yeah. So we're all kind of part of the family together. Um, and we love working with Joseph as well. And um, I think it's great because he has a lot of those like practical skills that are amazing when it comes to like, he's a full stack developer. Like I'll look over at Joseph in the corner and he's like coding, yeah. like he knows like HTML and like everything and Python and uh, the SQL query and everything. And I'm, it's cool to learn from him. And um, he's also an excellent leader and just really fun to have in the office. So it's going great. So talk to us about um, your influencer partnership. Can you name a few that you guys collab with now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're actually working. I mean, it's funny because I was just talking to him this morning, but um, we're working with Joey Zazig, which is cool. He's based out of New York City um, and he's best friends with We Were What, who we all know is like a fabulous um, fashion influencer. Uh-huh. Um, and then we work with a lot of the housewives from the different series. Which I love and everybody gives me shit for. <laughs> But, oh, we love a good housewife. Yeah. And Joseph yeah. was telling me, right, that you guys, they actually were um, big supporters in the beginning, from the beginning. Yeah. And I'll actually give a shout out to We Were What, too. Um, Danielle was one of our first users, and she blasted us on her socials. Oh, that really? Like, that, that got us, like, our first like, 3,000 downloads. Amazing. It, right, like, right after our launch party. And that was before she was even uh, collabing with you guys. Yeah. that was she. She came to our launch party. That was like right at the beginning of influence marketing on Instagram, right when it was starting to get big. Um, it was, you know, maybe six months to a year. They, all those uh, those uh, influencers were starting to get off the ground, get followers. It was like the most somebody had a follower followers at the time was like a million. I see. Uh, so, where would you say your marketing spend is best spent? So f- definitely, nothing beats uh, Google and Facebook. Still, really, still the yeah. Not Instagram. Not well. Facebook, Instagram is one company. Right. But, but right. yeah, but digital paid media is, is still the, you know, you get the analytics, you get, you know, what you're targeting, you know, who you're targeting, you know, mm-hmm. you know, what's working, what's not. Optimization is, 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 is easy. Attribution is, is, is easy and that kind of, so nothing really still, nothing beats that now. Where, um, so who would you say is your target user? So James, you can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we love to say that our target user is the absolute girl boss. She is the power user who feels empowered. Um, she's generally between the ages of um, 18 to 45. Mm. Um, and she is empowered to determine beauty on her own terms. Um, and that could mean, you know, she's getting ready for a special occasion. It could be a bridal event. Um, it could be a board meeting. Um, whatever it is, she wants to look and feel um, as as best as she can from the inside out. Yeah, okay. And so that's why you have like the beauty side, but you also have like the health and fitness side too. Absolutely, yes. Okay. All right. What are your thoughts over there? <laughs> <laughs> He's so cute sitting in the corner. <laughs> Just sitting here, you know, enjoying my best life. Yes. Um, yeah, I think James kind of nailed our target demographic. I think we'd also like to aspire to have some of those like millenni- young millennial Gen Zs. Yeah. Um, especially like the college students. I think they're a great demographic and future market for us. So we don't want to definitely want to build out our future client base as well. And would you say the Priv is affordable enough for everyone? Um, I'd say most of my friends around my age, I'm 23, could probably, most likely you would use Priv. And I know a bunch of my friends ha- have used Priv. So it definitely is affordable for your average, like young adult just starting off. Most I've- of the services are very comparable that you would find in a retail location. Or- Got it. Okay. So, um, and do you do eyelash extensions? We do. I'm asking for myself. <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on that right after the show. Amazing. <laughs> I seriously, you guys, like, 
I have a rule. Don't make me cry because then you're paying for my new extension. That's <laughs> that, it. That, that seems like a good rule. It's a good rule, a good right? Rule to live by. Yeah. You definitely <laughs> have to try out our facials. I love them. I'm obsessed with them. Get them every month. Really? Well, you have beautiful skin. It's because of go. the facials. Yeah. Okay. It's proven. All right. So, how long have each of you been with the company? I know, um, James, you've been with the company for. Four years? Yes, almost four years. Um, so I actually am formerly from the Be Glam team. Yeah. And so is Scott. And so I've been working with the company um, ever since they launched, almost uh, about a year after they launched. Um, so I helped to scale the marketing team. When I launched, when we, when I joined the company, it was just me on the marketing team. So my first day in the office, um, I actually didn't even have a desk. So wow. I just went to Ikea, bought a desk and built my desk. That was like my first day on the job. <laughs> Amazing. And I had come from a big agency, Edelman, um, which is in 66 offices. So to go from such a big company to a startup um, was definitely a change of scenery. Um, but I've stayed dedicated and loyal to the company. And I always knew there was a huge market potential for this type of service. Yeah. Um, and I love the, the synergy between beauty, technology and wellness. Um, and so from then, I stayed with the company and also was very closely involved in the merger between Priv and Be Glammed, um, which occurred just a few months ago. And we're really doing incredibly. Like we've, we are at like lightning speed right now and our revenue is incredible. And just the kind of feedback we're receiving from our clients is very favorable. So it's never been a better time to be in this business. That's wonderful. When's your next event? Um, well, we have a lot of events. We do so many. I mean, hundreds a year. We were just at BeautyCon. Um, we have a partnership with Sephora that's coming Ooh, up, okay. which is very exciting. Yeah, they're huge. They're huge. And then we're going over to Hollywood to Netflix's office. They are hiring us to go on site and glam their entire team, which is really exciting. Wow. What, what kind of event are they doing? It's actually part of their um, wellness program. So they're trying to offer... Um, more perks for their employees, um, just to get them glam. Amazing. And, and That's a large part of our business model yeah. too, that corporate wellness as well as event activation. Okay. So when you say wellness, what type of services are you providing? Massage, usually yoga, nails, um, that kind of stuff. Facials, spray Facial. tanning. Spray tanning. It seems like the one thing you don't offer is like dietary, diet type stuff. Like nutrition? Nutrition. No, we don't, we don't, we don't do too much consultation stuff. Uh, items, but it's not a bad idea. You're welcome. <laughs> um, why, don't, why don't you tell what about New York Fashion Week we have coming up? Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. We have so much planned for New York Fashion Week. We're so excited. Um, we actually just signed a deal with Style Collective. It's an influencer um, organization, and they're hosting a really cool event around Fashion Week. Um, we're talking to a few other big fashion brands about what we're going to do to blow everything out and. Um, we, we always make a big splash at Fashion Week every year. Interesting. You get to be exposed to all of what, all the events out there? Yes. Aside, so you get to go out at night too? I definitely do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the perks of being on the dove. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Scott can attest to this as well. Oh, yeah. And same with Joseph. But like, I think working at a company where you work in marketing and it's just, it's so important that you're like front and center and you're a representative of the brand no matter where you go. Mm -hmm. And I think we all like to have a good you know, cocktail and have fun too. So yeah, that's wonderful. I might crash your Disneyland uh, team trip. Just saying. <laughs> it's uh, definitely a fun business to be a part of. Yeah. I, I come to try to, I have, you know, I don't want to ruin everybody's time, but at the same time, I got to keep people in check. So that's why I bring a serious tone to the, you bring a serious tone. I have yeah. to, I got to bring my serious game. Otherwise, you know, we got, we can, it, it has and will get out of control. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's just every business though, yeah. right? Yes, absolutely. That's right.
So where do you see your guys, where do you see yourselves headed? I mean, you see Priv growing and you're obviously loyal to the beauty industry. You've been with Priv and, and uh, Big Glam. Glam. I was going to say Bedazzled, but I was like, <laughs> that's not right, um, for ages. So what's next for you guys? That's a great question. Um, I'm going to let Scott answer first because I've done oh. a lot of talking. <laughs> for me, for me personally or for the company in total? No, for you. Um, I definitely want to stay in beauty, whether that's at Priv, most likely at Priv. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I definitely want to stay in the beauty fashion industry. So anything that has to do with that, it definitely on the, on the marketing side, um, I'd love to be like a CMO one day of a major marketing company yeah. with a focus in fashion. But definitely anything that allows me to be in entertainment, fashion, living in LA, definitely not moving back to the East Coast because I'm originally from the East Coast and it's just too cold. Too so definitely cold. staying on the West Coast. Yeah. I'm honored that you're asking. Um, so I am actually, I'm getting my MBA right now from- You are. I am, yeah. You look too young to be even like at that level. Well, thank you, I appreciate that. That's all that. the priv services. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is, exactly, it's all my facials. Um, so I'm getting my MBA from Columbia Business School, so- Holy shit. Yeah, it's a lot. I go, I actually live in Los Angeles and I fly into New York once a month. I take a week of classes and I fly back. Wow. Um, so I don't really have too much free time. Yeah. You know, it's usually between the hours of like midnight and 3 a.m. is when I have like actual time to myself. Um, oh <laughs> but then I'm sleeping. Um, but it's it's great. And so for me, I'm really I'm really interested in working at Priv and any company, you know, that's just disruptive. I think Priv is an incredibly disruptive company. And I think what attracted me to this business model in the first place was that it was something that had never been done before. Mm -hmm. And I think those are the types of companies that you see really soaring and being, um, and, and really just flourishing in, in different spaces. So um, for me, it's it's similar to Sky. I think staying within the, the marketing space has always been my attraction. Um, and then I would love to be a chief marketing officer one day. Incredible. Joseph, have there been any security concerns? Because that's a question, that's a concern I would have in inviting somebody into my home. That's a good question. So our service providers were all background checked um, to down to the county level. Mm -hmm. um, they're put through a pretty rigorous vetting process. Um, there's some personalization in there too. We, we meet them either on FaceTime if we don't have a location or mm -hmm. um, we usually do have one of our representatives have a service provided by them. So from on the provider side, we, we kind of, we get their license, they have to all be licensed when, and, and appropriate in that situation. So from that side, that risk is pretty much eliminated. Yeah. Um, on the customer side, um, that, you know, you never, you know, we, we also do uh, a vetting of the customer when those requests come in. Usually there's a, there's a tremendous amount of repeat business. So we know the customer very there's well. There's a rating system, I would imagine. And there's a rating system on both ends. Just like um, just like the rideshare apps. Yeah, just like the rideshare apps. So uh -huh. providers rate clients, clients rate cli uh, providers. So if, if, it's a, if it's a repeat priv client, the, the providers know about it. Mm. Um, and if it's a new client that looks suspicious, uh, we're, we're pretty much on top of that too. We, 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 we usually do Facebook uh, quick social checks mm -hmm. if needed. See that they're not holding like a machete in their profile photo yeah, or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, no major, you know, manifestos, racist yeah. manifestos online. <laughs> yeah, none of those. <laughs> So um, one thing, another interesting thing about the merger that we didn't talk about is, is the bridal business. And I think, uh, oh, so yeah. cool. Yeah. So the glam had a had a very good bridal business, but it was just scratching the surface. That's another big angle that we're going after. Heather. Yeah, um, that you know, sounds bridal awesome. parties, day of trials. Um, it's a huge business that we're we're doing pretty well in now and continue to see a lot of growth in. Off the top of your head, would you know like how much a package like that would cost between having like 
you know, hair and makeup done, let's just say for like a party of 10 and then, and nails. Cause I'd want, I mean, like assuming I ever get married guys, like <laughs> I would want to have like all the nails and stuff taken care of. Maybe I'd even want like lashes done. So we offer two tiers of services now. Uh -huh. um, so on a higher level, it's something like that. 10 people would be around probably 2,500. Um, it's actually not bad to no, have all the services come to one place. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I, we've seen, I've seen bridal businesses, individuals like charging Two, two, three X on that. Yes. And that's, and they're not even close to the elite. Uh, but if you, and all of our providers are great, but on our expert level, which is, which is the other level, um, you know, you can do that for 1500. Amazing. You know, as a woman and, and having been friends with girls who have gotten married, there's such a, and, and hairdressers, there's a huge price difference between getting your hair done for any other day versus your wedding. What's that about? Yeah, this, the bride, the wedding is a different experience. Ever that's a, that's a known thing. There's no there's no budget. I mean, there's whatever. So that's why, like, I mean, it's just it's it's just a markup because they can, right? It's it's the two things that that there's no there's no budget for are weddings and funerals. So um, it's just a markup. That's an, that's an, another known industry yeah, item. So funerals, you know, they'll charge you five thousand for plot of land like a small little plot of land right and, uh, so and then and then people come in there's the you know the coroner or whatever and, and then on weddings the same kind of concept it's the flowers this everything's adds up to a crazy amount so maybe your next we gotta uh, work on your wedding well i i need a guy first <laughs> guys slide into my dms i'm just kidding i'm kidding um okay so maybe funerals are your next venture <laughs> could you imagine um you know like what? waterproof makeup we've actually <laughs> had that really we have clients reaching out to get glammed for funerals it's a it's a real part of our business that um okay i mean no judgment but i'm just i'm wondering if they would get judged by their, <laughs> Where their the priorities lie. Yeah. yeah you know and then do they have a photographer there and then it's like i was wondering is it appropriate to take photos at a funeral is that something you even want to commemorate i don't know i don't think so yeah probably no. not yeah, yeah. Because it's an event where you have like all these people in one space and you kind of just want to have that moment with them. But no. No, I don't think. No. <laughs> They're like, abort, abort. <laughs> okay, so. We do have a code for your audience. What code did we have? Oh, yes. Give us the code. Yes. It's Jenna Ben. <gasps> J E N. -N I feel honored. B E N. That's right. And so you can you can open up the iOS App Store um, or the Google Play Store, and you just download Priv. It's just P R I V. Um, and then you go to the promo code section, and then you just add code Jenna Ben, and you'll get twenty five twenty dollars off your first service. That's incredible. Hey guys, I'm yeah. worth something. <laughs> uh, and we'll, we'll put that in all the promos and stuff, but I want to make sure everyone has the, the social media handles. So Joseph, you're not big on social, right? No. Yeah, I know. We'll use the, the Priv one for you. So it's just, um, it's at Priv at Priv yeah, on Instagram. Exactly. Okay. And then for you, James, um, I'm at jet set Jamesy J E T set Jamesy. Okay. Mine's just at Scott Dennis very original very no hey i like it clean clean and simple guys i am uh the jenna ben and the jenna ben show is where you can find all of the show info thank you so much for tuning in thank you azunia tequila we love you and um we air every tuesday at 8 p.m pacific and re-air every sunday at 7 p.m pacific feel free to reach out i love your dms and support um as you guys have probably seen uh, we have reached 85,000 listeners. Thank you to Ooh. every single one of you who tune in. Uh, I love you very much, and we'll see you next week.